You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week's episode is going to be a little different because it is actually a training taken from the Created for More course. I have been enjoying doing this course for the last seven weeks with the ladies who have signed up. And we have talked about everything from purpose to vision, getting over procrastination, turning your purpose into profit, making sure you have a strategic plan. And on this training, we got down into the nitty gritty of personal finance. And I thought that this would be so timely, especially right Right now with what's going on in the world, we should know how to properly handle our finances because we never know when an emergency or a pandemic might happen. So instead of just keeping this training locked in the vault of the Created for More course, I wanted to bring it to you because I knew it would be beneficial to my audience. So make sure you grab a paper and pen and take some notes on this personal finance episode. And of course, if you are interested in the next cohort of the Created for More course, please join the waitlist. The link is in the show notes. Let's get started. Hey, Purpose Chasers, welcome to another module on the Created for More course. I'm so excited because today in this training, we're going to be talking about personal finance with Cornell Fox. Cornell has had a broad experience working in asset management and business development. He currently heads up investor relations at a hedge fund. I am so excited that he has agreed to give you insights to personal finance to help you get your financial plan on track. He is a child of God and my financial expert. So grab a paper and pen and let's get started. Cornell. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this training with us. Well, thank you so much, Shantae, for having me. And I'm so glad to be able to cover a little bit on personal finance today. So let's flip to the first page. What's your money mindset? Well, I like to think about money as a tool. And it's a tool that can help us achieve things during our lives. That's all it is. And it's not about how much money you earn. It's what you do with your money that matters. So 5% of the planet has inherited generational wealth. That's money that's been passed on from uh, their grandparents or their parents, and they don't have to work for that money. 15% of the planet is middle class. That can range from the lower middle class right on up to the upper middle class. And 80% of the planet will have to work or be dependent on the government or their family after they have retired in order to meet their basic needs. So let's try and see how we can effectively be in that 15% or that 5% so we can have assets and money to pass on to future generations. So how do we operate? Well, let's use 
the earnings of $10,000 a month as a nice example to see how we should divide up our money. The first thing we should do as people of God is set aside 10%. So $1,000 should go into a tithing account. $3,000 or 30% of our income should be set aside for housing expenses up to that amount. And $6,000 or 60% will be allocated to our other account. So let's delve in a little deeper and see what is in our other account. So we can decide to divide up the $6,000 in many ways. That could be in investments, in stocks or other assets, home expenses, retirement investments, real estate investments, education plan investments, or having money just to have fun and do whatever we want. It's important to allocate some money just for our enjoyment as well. So let's talk about retirement. So start planning for your retirement from the day you start working. Typically, your employer will pay around 5% into a pension scheme and you will have to pay an additional 5% from your salary into the scheme as well. But this will not be enough to cover your expenses and so on and to live comfortably when you retire. So if you can afford it, I recommend allocating an additional percentage of your salary to the voluntary contribution side of the pension scheme. And the goal at the end of this is not to have to rely on your pension. It should ideally be maybe the fun money, the money you can use to travel or buy that something you always wanted to, or even give gifts in retirement. So let's see how we can get there. Let's talk about home expenses a little bit. Do we really need that cable TV? Do we use it? Do we really have to eat out every week? You know, these are some questions we might want to ask about how to save a little bit of money. So if you save that $50 you spent every week on takeout food, over one year, that would be an extra $2,600 in your pocket. You know, we have to consider the cost of living in Bermuda. It's typically higher than a lot of other places. So perhaps $2,000 or 20% of our, our monthly income should be allocated to the living costs. And that will include the uh, supermarket shopping, you know, your food, you know, various bills like Belco and the telephone and the internet, for instance. But that doesn't include the rent or the mortgage. No more than 30% of your income should be spent on a mortgage or a rent. And staying within that guideline will allow you to allocate money to other areas where you can grow the resources so you'll be able to save, invest, and you know, you'll have a nice nest egg once you're ready to retire. Let's talk a little bit about investments. You know, a lot of people may not have broad investment knowledge. So I would recommend mutual funds or index tracker funds, and they'll aim to provide healthy investment returns over time. And you don't really have to think too much about picking particular stocks or, or different investments. You will just have that done by a professional. So talk to your financial advisor at your bank for some advice on what products they might offer and see if those are suitable based on what your risk tolerance is. And your bank's website will have a lot of details on the different products offered. So I recommend heading over to HSBC or Butterfield Bank uh, for a bit more information on these products. Real estate. We all want to own a piece of the rock, as some people say. We want a house. 
that's our own, somewhere that we can be proud of. But that's not always an easy thing to achieve, given how high cost of real estate is in Bermuda and the cost of living. How do we come up with that down payment? Well, we can put aside perhaps a thousand dollars a month, and over ten years, that will be a hundred twenty thousand dollars you will have for a down payment on a house, and that doesn't take into account. Any growth in that money, any interest, anything like that. So it will be greater than one hundred twenty thousand dollars in all likelihood. Let's talk about your children's education. Just like retirement plans, it's never too early to start saving for the future education of your children, even if it's just a few hundred dollars a month you can put away. So I recommend from the child's birth until they're eighteen and ready to go to university. Put away a little bit each month, invest it, and there, you know, schemes which can help you grow the money, such as the heritage scholarship plan. And even if the child does not go on to further education, the money is yours, and you can spend that on whatever you like, or you can give it to your child as a head start in life. That's a great, great option to have. And the fun money. This is the money we all love to spend on anything we want. Whether that's travel, or you know, you ladies like your handbags and your shoes, it's the money you have to splurge. So life's boring if you can't really enjoy it. So definitely allocate some money each month just for your own personal enjoyment. Say ten percent is what I like to do for travel and enjoyment. So using our example, that would be a thousand dollars a month. That's twelve thousand dollars you have at the end of the year. To spend on holiday—that's pretty good, isn't it? So go have some fun, see the world if you can, eat some new food. You won't regret it. So Shante, that's、uh, everything I have for you today. Let's talk about everything we've talked about in a little summary. So we've taken our six thousand dollars into our other account. How do we divide it up? Well, after paying our tithes of thousand dollars, which is ten percent of the income, after paying our household mortgage costs of Thirty percent of the income, which is three thousand dollars, we're left with approximately six thousand dollars to divide up into different buckets. And so, as a reminder, your total expenses, including your housing costs, shouldn't really exceed fifty percent of your income. You always have to allocate some money for fun. So, ten percent, a thousand dollars. That's everything I have to talk to you about today. I hope we can,、uh, you know, explore a little bit more in the future. But that's a nice little guide to、uh, getting your finances in order. I hope this helps you. Thank you so much. That was very, very helpful.、Um, I have quite a few takeaways, and I also have some questions that I would like you to help us out with. Some of the ladies, some of the ladies sent in some questions. My first question for you is. If you have never created a budget, if that never crossed your mind before, what is your number one suggestion on how you can start budgeting? The easiest way. Well, this is kind of a blueprint of a budget. Effectively, you're、mm-hmm. taking what you earn and you're slicing it up into different categories. So I would just open an Excel spreadsheet on your laptop. You know, put in the different categories and start allocating different percentages of your income to these different buckets, and then actually sticking to it. So, if you're going to spend two thousand dollars on home expenses per month, only spend up to that two thousand dollars and try and live within that. Okay, that's great. 
Would you, on top of the Excel spreadsheet, would you recommend opening up different accounts that would cover these different areas? So let's say you had an investment account, a home expense account, a fun account, for example. So you know that once all your fun money for the month is done, then it's done and you can stick to it. Or would you say that sticking to a spreadsheet is easier than having multiple accounts? It depends on how disciplined you are. Um, So if you feel you can allocate a percentage of income, you know, quite judiciously across the categories without having different accounts, do that. But if you feel you can't, I would open different accounts for these different purposes and then allocate the funds to that. And another thing I like to do is spend on a local credit card that gives you air miles. So if I'm going to spend $2,000 a month on supermarket shopping and the bills, you can take out like an American Airlines card or a British Airways card. And that $2,000 of your regular shopping would equate to 2,000 air miles. Mm -hmm. So over the year, you know, what's that? That's going to be $24,000 roughly what you spend, you will have gained 24,000 air miles, which could pay for an airline ticket somewhere. That's that's great advice. So you're using your money to effectively help you in another area like travel. So that's awesome. But since you mentioned credit card, how would you suggest that we should handle paying off the debts that we have? So let's say, for example, I'm a person who has multiple credit card debt and student loan. What is the best way to tackle my debt so I don't end up in that 80% who need help in in the future, but I can be a part of the 15% or the 5% who's actually leaving generational wealth to to the next generation, to my kids? That's a really good question. So carrying credit card balance is not good. You should aim to pay your credit card balance in full every single month. So treat it as a debit card. And that way you're not racking up the interest charges. Mm -hmm. So you have bad debt and good debt. Bad debt is credit card debt. Good debt is what I would say mortgage debt, because you're paying off an asset that you will eventually own outright at a lower interest rate than a credit card. Mm -hmm. And that asset is also appreciating at the same time. So in all likelihood, it'll be worth more than you paid for it at the end of, say, 20, 25, 30 years. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't carry any credit card debt if you can. Pay it off in full each month. Treat it like a debit card and aim to consolidate all of your loans into one pot. And so that makes the management of it easier. So a lot of financial institutions will offer you the ability to consolidate your different debts into one. So you have one monthly payment. Okay. That's, that's great advice. That's great advice. So definitely we want to knock out our credit card debt first because Mm -hmm. it usually has the highest interest rate. Exactly. Got it. I got it. Okay. So my, my next question is about an emergency fund. Yes. What my emergency fund look like? Because, you know, even with what's going on in the world right now with COVID-19 and a lot of people losing their jobs or being laid off or can't make their full paycheck, what should an emergency fund look like? Just in case, for example, this happens again, and we would want to now have money set aside. So what should an emergency fund for 
let's say a single person and a family, what should it, what should they aim to have? So typically what I like to work by is having a six month reserve at minimum. So you should comfortably be able to sit out of work and cover your obligations for six months. So in our example, that would be um, $60,000 you should have set aside. Okay. All right. That's great. So if you're a family, should each working person have about six months salary set aside? That would be in an ideal situation. Okay. But you should ideally be able to cover all of your expenses comfortably for six months. What expenses would you suggest cutting down on if you are trying to save and you know pay off your debts? I know you recommended earlier in the presentation something like cable, but what are some other ways that people tend to spend on that may not necessarily be needed in your opinion? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So for me, I find... Um, eating out. That's quite a luxury. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for instance, you could go to the supermarket, buy the ingredients uh, and make a meal and you have enough for lunch the next day and maybe dinner the next day. Mm-hmm. So cut down on the eating out. Um, I would say, do you really need the expensive cell phone plan? <laughs> yeah. You can take a cheaper plan and try to use Wi-Fi more. Uh-huh. You know, do you really have to go on that weekend away? Okay. Maybe go on one instead of two and having just some discipline around impulse buying i was just gonna get on impulse buying um because i know that is a area that a lot of people do struggle with the need for immediate gratification once they get paid i know that people tell you to pay yourself first but i don't think people understand what they mean or what 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 is being suggested when they say pay yourself first. A lot of what I see in the community when somebody is told or they say that I pay myself first, they take that to mean I go on a shopping spree or buy the newest phone or the newest pair of shoes. That's how I pay myself first. But Elaborate on ways that will actually benefit you in paying yourself first. Well, that that's fantastic because if you pay yourself first, either into your investment account or your real estate account, you know, you're one dollar closer to achieving your goal. That's paying yourself and that's delayed gratification. Yes. And you're going to have an asset at the end of the day that's going to be worth more than, you know, buying the pair of shoes, which is a depreciating asset. Perfect. So for anybody listening to this who is thinking about the next time they get paid or you just got paid recently and you want to buy that new pair of shoes or that new outfit, I want you to really think about whether or not it's something that is a necessity. Do you really need it? Is it going to benefit you in the long run or is it just going to give you short-term gratification? You want to be making smart financial decisions, maybe decisions you weren't used to seeing whilst you were growing up in your household, but you can be the one that breaks the generational curse and Cornell has provided you with different ways in doing so. So I want you to take heed to everything in this presentation. And of course, go back through it a few times, make sure that you're taking notes and actually doing the work, actually following through, actually spending time thinking about whether or not you need to make that next purchase. 
if you're spending, if you're somebody who likes to eat out, maybe you don't see yourself going to restaurants to dine in per se, but you don't mind picking up a quick lunch and breakfast on the way to work because you're rushing out the door. I want you to keep in mind that if you spend, let's say, $28 a day between lunch and breakfast for the year, you're spending over $10,000 on just lunch and breakfast, where you can go and buy yourself like Cornell has suggested, some food and cook your breakfast and cook your lunch so that you can cut down on your expenses. You want to shift your mindset and think about ways to prolong your finances so that at the end of the month or even a couple of days after you've been paid, the money doesn't just disappear. I know I've talked to a lot of who say, you know, a few days after they get paid, the money's done and they don't know where the money's gone. And when we sit there and we dig into how they're spending, it's their spending that's causing them to, to lose money because they're spending frivolously. And I don't want you to be that person. So Cornell, before you go, I just have one more question for you. You sure. mentioned um, that we should have an education fund for our children. I want you to talk about whether it's a good idea to start saving for your children and their education even before you have them. That's a very good idea. If you can afford that, I would totally recommend it. And one other point I had, as your income rises, don't increase your spending if you can. And that way you have more and more to put into investments, into real estate, into education plans, and even retirement. So if you earn $10,000 a month now, and you suddenly earn $15,000 a month in a few years' time, don't think that you have an extra $5,000 just to splurge on fun. Use that extra money wisely. That is excellent, excellent advice, and advice you should heed to or else even though your paycheck increases, you'll find yourself in the same position that you were in when you were making less money and wondering why. Do not increase your spending if you don't need to. Follow the advice and the tips given. Go over your finances. Make sure that you're tithing. Make sure that you're being obedient to what God has instructed you to do with your finances. And of course, like Cornell says, be good stewards of your money. You know, God has gifted you with finances to hold, to store it over, to dish out, to multiply. And it's your job to do those things. So make sure that you are doing it wisely and that you are doing it to the honor and glory of God. Cornell, I just want to thank you again for this training, for sharing with us. I know that my community is going to take away so many important tips and they're going to change their lives and how they look at spending. So thank you for thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for sharing with us. No problem. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Pray Plan Slay podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pray Plan Slay or follow our host Shante Sapphire at Shante Sapphire. Of course, join our mailing list. And if you are interested in life coaching or business coaching, be sure to book your free strategy session below.